Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are tales about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician, missing the obvious. Mr. K was waiting for me in my clinic examination room, and when I entered, lanced my way, greeted me with a grunt, and then looked out the window. I captured his gaze, walking in front of him, and stuck my hand out to introduce myself, which he clasped briefly, then let his hand drop in his lap. I could feel a slight tremor in his hand during the handshake, although there wasn't any noticeable movement that I could see, at least at rest. As I sat down, Mr. K slouched in his chair and crossed his hands over his protruding abdomen. You're the new guy, right? noted Mr. K as he looked over to me with a slight slurring between his words. My old doc said he was leaving and a new one was going to replace him. That would be you, I assume. I acknowledged that I'd be taking over his care since his other doctor had moved on to the Midwest recently. Okay, I hope you're better than him. Someone needs to fix my balance problem and the feeling in my feet. Yes, Mr. K, let's talk about that, I noted in response. Mr. K had been and was a significant alcohol drinker, both binge and daily, as he noted as long as he could remember. But he quickly noted that after a laugh, he could quit at any time, and he said he had. As a 68-year-old man, he noted that he'd quit drinking for a week to a month at a time, many, many times, just to show his family or others that he could do it. It's all about willpower, he said to me confidently. I stop when I want. It's just that I don't want to stop. However, recently, he'd been having more and more difficulties with balance, and he blamed this on his ex-spouse, who'd recently left him after a decade of being together. She just picked up and left, no reason, at least that she gave. I questioned him further on this and how it had affected him, and whether his drinking had increased as a result. No, not really, he noted somewhat dismissively. I always have a drink at lunch and a few at night. Nothing really changed. When queried about the balance and sensation issues, he was more animated. I have a hard time keeping my balance, you know, like coming downstairs or getting into my car, stuff like that. And my feet, is like walking on stumps. Been like that for a while, and it's getting worse. I checked Mr. K's chart, and my predecessor had obtained the various laboratories to evaluate our peripheral neuropathy and test for rare primary diseases of the cerebellum, the part of the brain that can aid in balance and coordination. All of these had seemed to be otherwise normal. His brain scan had shown some atrophy of the cerebellum, however, as well as some evidence of what we call ischemic disease, decreases in blood flow that MRI scans are very sensitive to detecting. I told the patient what his previous evaluations had shown, and he acted surprised that no one had shared this information with him earlier. You guys just get tests and then don't tell us anything, he said with a level of disgust. So, how are you going to fix this stuff? Rather than answer, I asked Mr. K if we could continue to do his examination, to which he agreed. Virtually every part of his exam was abnormal. He had difficulty with execution of tasks, significant memory issues, but was able to draw a clock with the correct time. He had prominent nystagmus on his eye exam, which is a persistent jerking of the eyes on lateral gaze. He was slightly weak, with atrophy of his legs and arms, with a large abdomen. 
He had frank discoordination in both his arms and his legs, and a dense peripheral neuropathy and a stocking glove distribution. And his walking was wide-based, and he needed at times to hold onto the wall, especially while doing tandem gait testing. Mr. K, you've got a lot of things going on, I told the patient after the examination. We tend to look for single causes when we see a variety of different things, particularly on your exam. A lot of this, frankly, is due to your indulgence in alcohol. Mr. K interrupted me. I've been drinking for years. If all the stuff was from beer and bourbon, it should happen when I drink, right? And it hasn't. It started when I was and wasn't drinking. I tried to tell Mr. K that alcohol was a toxin and it took time for it to affect the nervous system. And that the sooner he stopped drinking, the better it would be for him to decrease his risk of worsening, as well as other organ systems that he could potentially be causing harm. It's not the drinking, I know that. I can quit any time. It's something else. You just need to fix it. That's what I pay you for. Rather than argue with him, I tried to frame the conversation from his end. Look, you say you can quit any time. Why don't we do a trial and see if you can do better without the alcohol? Say, a month at a time? The patient hesitated. Then he said, So you can guarantee that I will get better if I quit drinking for a month. I told the patient that this would just be a trial, that I couldn't guarantee anything, and that I thought that this could be a good start for him stopping his alcohol use. So you just don't know, right? See, I told you it wasn't the alcohol. You just admitted it yourself. Just fix this. Don't waste my time. I finally had to say to the patient that while there could be other possibilities, my professional opinion was that it was the alcohol abuse that was causing his issues, and that if he could quit at any time, we should try that first. There were various support groups that could help him in this, and I would be glad to put him in touch with these resources. It ain't that, and you know it, doctor, Mr. K said definitively. Everyone just gives me a hassle about the drinking. It's just an excuse. I need to find smarter doctors, that's all. I knew I was losing this battle and tried one more time. Mr. K, I'm really trying to create an approach to at least stabilize your symptoms. Can we meet somewhere halfway and see if stopping drinking for a while could help? Mr. K just shook his head. Thanks, doctor. I appreciate your time, but I need someone to fix my problem, not make it worse. If you can't fix this, I'll find somebody who can. He then got up, reached out and shook my hand once again, and walked out of my exam room and the clinic. I felt absolutely helpless. I just couldn't get through to the patient. He was convinced there was a quick fix something that maybe a pill or a procedure would make him better. To a certain extent, he was right. The quick fix was to stop the daily drinks at noon and at night, to take better care of himself, to not kill himself slowly. But as apparent as that was to me, I was not able to communicate or convince him of this. Whose fault is it when this happens? A few weeks later, I received a message through the electronic medical records that one of my patients had been admitted to the hospital. It was Mr. K due to a motor vehicle accident with a very high blood alcohol level. He'd been forced to abstain due to his hospitalization and had required some significant care due to withdrawing from alcohol. 
Apparently, he was being put on an alcohol abuse treatment program because of this motor vehicle accident. I could only hope they would have more success than I did in convincing the patient of what I perceive to be obvious. Thank you for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.